0: But I just want to let y'all know that I'm, you know, just proud of y'all, man. Of just seeing how you guys have grown since we've since we've gotten here back in from the in the summer of 2019, and how we have um, shaped into to better young men. All three of us. Proud
1: of you too, bro. We just trying <laughs> to catch up, man. You, you already got something. <laughs> we trying to get, just trying to get
2: like that. That's yeah, I'm man. Trying to I'm you. trying. To, I'm trying to get like perfect, you. Right, man.
0: Greetings everybody. Welcome back to another exclusive episode of the Pot of Aggieland. This is your host, yours truly, Chase Lane, number two in the field, number one of y'all's hearts. Have a uh, fun, uh, fun uh, stuff lined up for this episode. Uh, later in the show, I'll be interviewing um, two of my teammates uh, and roommates, actually, Mr. King and Jackson, wide receiver and strong safety, Brian Williams. So uh, really looking forward to getting into a a nice conversation with those two. But as always, we're going to start with a quote of the day. So the quote of the day for today's episode is be what you are. This is the first step towards becoming better than you are. So I'll say that again, be what you are. This is the first step towards becoming better than you are. And, you know, as always, I like to um, just Tell the listeners how how this quote has resonated with me. Um, I think it's just it's as simple as just being real, and I always go back to authenticity. And I know I've I've touched on that earlier in the season, but just just be real, man. And when you when you really just get down and you focus on just being who you are and just being what uh, God has given you the gifts that you can be, because we all have those gifts, man. Um, I think that just provides so much clarity because I know, you know, just off the top of my head, social media has created such a false sense of reality for so many people. And um, social media will be having you thinking that you're, you're doing terrible in life and, and that you're behind and, and uh, you you see so many people driving the nice cars and, you know, taking, taking the trips and wearing the designer clothes and, and, you know, having everything. and it, And it seems like they have everything, but, Deep down, man, we're all human and I think, you know, it just when you really just take yourself out of that way of thinking and you and you focus back on being what you are and who you are, then that will lead you to becoming a better person and better than you are right now. So, um, yeah, man, just just focus on being real. I know it it struggles at times just with the the peak of social media and, and how prevalent it is in our lives and how it is plastered everywhere, but Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, just be real. And that's that's what it boils down to. So once again, the quote is, be what you are. This is the first step towards becoming better than you are. So moving forward uh, it's game week again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is game week again. We are taking on the. South Carolina Gamecocks up in Columbia, South Carolina, Uh, hostile environment. Fans, they they come out for their games. They come out to um, cheer their team on. They like to start drinking early, around 8 in the morning. And, you know, they're going to be drunk until 8 o'clock the next morning. So we're going to have to deal with some rowdy fans. So at practice, Coach Fisher has brought out the uh, the loud uh, speakers. And, you know, he actually – like, it's kind of cool. When when we do have away games and when we do play in neutral sites, uh, we actually – get like um audio recordings of games like we're in that stadium so if we're playing alabama like you hear like the dun duh, dun duh, dun dun go bama like you hear that and you know we play arkansas you hear the woo pig suey so um we've been hearing like a bunch of rooster calls and a bunch of just game cocks i'm guessing just on the loudspeaker so i'm really really anxious you know to just get there so we don't have to deal with it that much longer on the on the speakers but it is a kind of a cool aspect of how we do go practice and how we um, do um, game preps when we when we do have those away games or those games at neutral sites so um this week of practice, I feel like um, we we actually came out the bat really really well. Uh, we hit the ground running on Monday like I said we needed to do on Monday's episode, how we just needed to um, come out fast and uh, and start fast and it just really started with our attitudes and the sense of urgency that we that we needed to have coming back from the bye week. Uh, like I said, I always feel like bye weeks do kind of give you um, a refreshed feeling of the season. It kind of starts like it kind of feels like you're zero zero again. Um, just trying to you know just go one to zero again. So um, yeah, I think a lot of guys are you know just really just tired of pressing against each other and kind of it, it kind of starting to feel like fall camp again. And um, yeah, we're really anxious to to get, uh, to traveling to Colombia and you know just competing. So. Um, yeah, man, I'm. I'm really. I'm really anxious to just get there. I love playing in Columbia. It's actually a fun stadium to be in. It's actually one of the better stadiums in the SEC. Actually, so um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But you know, getting into more football detailed things, um, their defensive scheme has been the same that we've seen from the last couple of years. Four-two-five scheme. um their their, their four down linemen are. I think the the strong suit of their defense, they like to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and um, they send a lot of blitzes, uh, mainly hotel blitzes and house blitzes. And basically what that is, it's a cover zero and they're just bringing everybody. So, and yeah, so I think we've, I think we've really game planned well for this game. I'm really confident in the game plan that coach Fisher and his staff have, have put together for us. And like I said, it always comes down to execution. So we just have to go out there and execute it to the best of our abilities, which I know we are very much capable of. So um, the message and practice has really been to, you know, just just play our best game, man. Like we, we've we shown that we can be a good team in spurts, but I think we're just as eager as anybody to just put it all together, man. And, you know, we're, we're already in week eight of the season. And it's almost a, a blessing in disguise because you, you never want to peak too early and you never want to be playing your best ball in the beginning of the year. And, um, it re- you know, it really comes down to how you finish in October and in November and how you go into the into bowl season. So um, I really hope that the bye week played into our favor. And um, I'm really anxious to see how this team is going to come out. Uh, on Saturday and how we're going to play, man. Like I said, I hope the message from, from the coaching staff, from Jimbo to his assistants to to even the strength staff, to just people in the building, we're just really just um, pushing and just trying to put everything together, man, and just go play our best game of the season right now. And to, you know, just let it all loose, man, and just and go out there and have no fear of failure and just play ball like we all know how to do. Like I said, this is what we dreamed of doing when we were kids. So um, if you just... Keep it as simple as you can. Keep it whilst being in this hectic environment and in and what college football is today. I think that uh, we can be successful. And I think that we will be successful this Saturday. But um, yeah, just going back to the defense. Um, their their secondary, they have they have some good playmakers on the secondary. They're aggressive guys, ball hawks. They're um, they like to hit. They like to come down. They like to strip the ball. We've been, we have actually been watching a cut up of each um, DB that we can potentially see. we we watched like their highlight film um each day of the week thus far. And, you know, I think Coach Cody could just be doing that to, you know, to get our uh get our blood hot to, you know, just get us angry, like, man, like he ain't nothing. Like, let's go play him. But it's actually it's actually a good teaching uh session because it gets us to see their tendencies, what they what they like to do on different downs, what they like how they like to how they like to play man coverage, how they like to play zone coverage, how they like to trap. Uh, if they bring a cowboy blitz from the boundary, um, it, it's a, it's allowing us to see so many different looks. And um, like I said, I think Coach Carley has done a um, tremendous job of just getting us ready to go out there and compete against their secondary. And as always, man, I got my guys against their guys any day of the week, and that's for any team. So if we go out there and we execute, man, I think offensively uh, we'll be more than successful. So moving on to South Carolina's offense, you know, if you're a college football fan, a lot of familiar faces on that offense, starting at quarterback, Spencer Rattler, um, Oklahoma transfer. He was in the drama with Lincoln Riley and Kayla Williams last year, and he was looking for a first start. Uh, Shane Beamer, who used to be an assistant at OU. Uh, he's a great offensive minded coach, comes from a, a, a father that coach. So he's been around the game forever. Uh Spencer Rattler, he's a he's a talented player, and I don't feel like I feel like he doesn't get the respect that he always deserves. But uh I th- I feel like he's a tremendous player. Um I think our defense has really focused on um his ability to to scramble but make throws when he scrambles. He's not he's not a quarterback that's just gonna scramble and slide. He's scrambling to um extend plays, you know potentially score plays so um different from many quarterbacks we've seen thus far this season a lot of guys when they when they get out of the pocket they've just been trying to scramble and get the first downs but he's scrambling looking for touchdowns and looking for those shots so that's what makes them that much more dangerous and I feel like our defense has really done their part and you know just watching film on him and uh and, and they have they have really good guys out out wide and in, in skill positions as well they have a really good running back Austin Stogner, tight end there, um, very familiar with him. Being a Texas kid, um, went to one of my rival high schools in Prestonwood. But yeah, I think it's going to be a really good matchup for both teams. Um, they're they're coming off they they're 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 comf- they're confident. They they just beat Kentucky by ten points, twenty four to fourteen. So they're feeling confident about themselves. They're, they're sitting at four and two. We're sitting at three and three. So uh, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for both teams to go out there and you know just get the job done. But, uh, yeah, I'm like I said, I, I feel like practice has been uh, really good for us. I'm really anxious to get up to Columbia and you know just um be in that space and you know just to start prepping for the game. and um yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the competition and you know being in that in that hostile environment. But uh, when we come back from the break, I will be introducing. And I will be having the privilege of interviewing my teammates roommates, Mr. King and Jackson and Mr. Brian Williams. And now we're back from the break, and I'm uh, more than pleased to bring on my two special guests this evening for um, the interview piece of the episode. Uh, Mr. King and Jackson and Mr. Brian Williams. Thank you guys for both coming on to the show this evening. Appreciate you for having
1: me. Appreciate
0: you, bro. All right, so. Guys, let's just get right into it. Um, A lot of people don't really uh, get to hear about guys who have medically retired and guys who are dealing with these types of injuries. So just for our listeners who don't know, can you guys just both tell us about your injuries and what they are exactly? Um, So
2: my injury is I have a stress fracture, um, and I also have two bulging discs in my back that is um, pressing on a nerve that's in my back. So, um, you know, he pretty much told me that I had to pull the plug and if I didn't pull the plug that I would either risk getting paralyzed or, you know, have to get surgery and, you know, that's just something I didn't want to have to do. So.
1: Yeah. For me, uh, I something called cervical stenosis and, uh, basically it's, uh, something where the way my spinal cord is built, uh, just naturally, um, it makes me more prone to neck injuries. So I hadn't had any neck problems before, so there was never any way to really check for it. Uh, Then I had, you know, that play in the scrimmage uh, where, you know, my arms went numb for a little bit. I got it all checked out, had an MRI. Uh, They told me what they found. And uh, from there, they pretty much told me it wouldn't be safe for me to play anymore because it could lead to, you know, luckily, you know, the hit that happened didn't cause any damage long-term, but if I continue to play, you know, the risk for a for greater injury would be would be a, a lot higher. So they pretty much told me that would be it for me.
0: Wow. And we're, and we're most definitely going to circle back um, to y'all's injuries uh, when we, as we move along this interview. But moving forward, uh, you know, I know, but out of high school, you guys are both highly sought after four-star recruits. Uh, Brian, you played at Bishop Dunn, who I had the privilege of playing in high school. Ken, you played at a very uh, prestigious program in Grayson High down in Georgia. Um, how was the transition from high school into college that first year for you guys?
1: Um, well, for me, uh, it was a lot at once, honestly. Like, I was just so used to, you know, being being the guy everywhere I went. Um, you know, it took it took a long time to adjust to my new role uh, on the team. Um, you know, I had, to, uh, you know, Leon O'Neal, uh, Larry Pryor was there, Derek Tucker, uh, Keldrick Carper, like, had a lot of older – veteran guys um, in front of me and you know I just had to really kind of learn from them Um, you know and you know luckily they were always open arms always willing to help and uh, you know that definitely helped me a lot in that transition and uh, it was it was it was a it was genuinely difficult though uh, just because I hadn't really worked out all that spring or anything just because I had a hamstring injury so uh, I kind of came in like a little out of shape, like, it was, it was a lot for me to adjust, but um, thankfully, I had a safety's room, and, you know, older guys who I could just kind of tag along from, and learn from, and it really helped, you know, make that transition smoother as the year went along, honestly.
2: Yeah, and for me, um, I would have to agree would be, you know, it was, it was difficult. Um, like Chase said, I went to a high school where, you know, we were already kind of, you know, playing on television, you know. our our workout program was on the, you know, collegiate level. Like they were prepping us for college, but I feel like the biggest, um, I feel like the biggest task for me was that transition from moving from Atlanta to Texas. Um, I had never been to Texas up until my official visit. So, you know, I really didn't know what to get from it. Um, for one, um, the weather moving up here and in, in, in the summer was that was that was crazy i never you know because in georgia it gets hot but it's like you know it's it's, it's more humidity but like here it's just kind of dry heat and then texas weather don't know when it want to be hot or cold so but um that would definitely be you know the hardest part about it was for me probably just moving out here not knowing anybody you know i came I came in with one person. I was at Kelzada. We kind of got recruited together. And, um, you know, I was really the only the only person I knew. Chase can't even tell you. Uh, when he first met me, we had a little dinner. And, um, you know, I was just kind of, like, off to myself in the corner. Not really, like, talking to anybody. And it wasn't that I had a problem with anybody. I just literally knew nobody. And I didn't really know how to, you know, approach anybody. But um, other than that, I would just say getting comfortable as a freshman that has to probably be like one of the hardest things because like, like me said in high school, where you come from, you know, you're the star athlete, you know, you're their guy, but then you come to this, this big university and there's six, seven people who can do just as, just as who can do things just as good as you can. And that's when it, you know, learning the plays and, you know, not messing up, no bust, no ma. So, I just feel like as a freshman, it's just a lot to take in. If you, especially if you want to play early and fast.
0: Facts, man, facts. And yeah, and I, you know, I have had similar uh, experiences jumping from high school to um, college, like you guys have. But moving forward, Kenyon, I always talk about. Uh, how myself and one other scholarship athlete were the only two scholarship athletes that were on the scout team um, our freshman year. And obviously you're that other athlete that I always hint to. So it's even better that to have you on this show to um, get your perspective. So in saying that, can you just talk about your experience from, like I said, your perspective and your point of view and how hard it was dealing with that just being uh, a highly recruited guy coming out of high school and then having to just, Uh, go immediately to scouting like we did back our freshman year
2: um that yeah that was crazy um you know a lot of people don't really know what it feels like to um to be at the bottom you know be at your lowest until you know something like this happens like a lot of people like don't know so when 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 you come to college, there's a travel team, and there's a non-travel team. And like Chase said, um, we were a part of the non-travel team. So it, it got to a point to where Chase and I were riding bikes to the game. And I don't know if you really know what that feels like, but that's one of the worst feelings ever, to to wake up in the morning. Worst and feelings to, ever, man. To, to, attend, to attend meetings just as if you were going to play, not miss anything, never miss a workout, never miss anything, go to class, go to study hall. But then it's like all your hard work and, you know, you're riding this bike to a game. You don't get to spend any time with the team, um, you know, outside through the week, but like all the, the, the team dinners and the spirit, like I didn't even know what a, I didn't know what spirit walk was until my, Soft sophomore year? No, not even because that was that was COVID year. We didn't even have it COVID year. So I didn't even know I didn't didn't know what it I didn't even know what it felt like to to walk down, you know, with all of the fans cheering for you. I didn't even know what that felt like till my junior year. And it's kind of crazy, like me being a senior year. So I, I only really got to experience one year of you know actually being involved here. So that's different. Like, a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people, you can sit you can say, oh, you know, my coach doesn't like me. My coach doesn't this. Things aren't going the way that I want them to go. But at, at, at that point in time, you know, there was really a, a point where I didn't even know if, you know, if it was worth it. Like, there would be times I woke up in the morning and I'm just like, is it even worth me? You know, going up here, will they even notice? So, yeah, I, I, that that was that was one of the. I can definitely say coming here, I didn't expect that, but you know, it's just something that you have to adapt to, and you know, of course, your first instinct is to get mad. I mean, you know, who's whose instinct isn't to get mad? Like that's that's just gonna be everybody's first, you know. But like I said, it's something you got to get, I guess, adapted to and push through. Shoot. <laughs>
0: And uh, I'm like so happy that like you were able to come on here and have our listeners and our viewers of the show get to hear someone else's perspective besides mine because I always talk about it and I've uh, mentioned it many times before during the show but to hear it come from another uh scholarship athlete who had to go through the same things I did can just give people a perspective of just how hard it is and how hard it can be while just being a student athlete at this level, because like you said, um, there's so many things that they don't tell you and and they don't talk about when you're being recruited, like having a travel team. I'm thinking if you if you got offered a scholarship, you automatically mm-hmm. travel. I didn't even know what a travel roster was. So there's just so many things that we had to learn learn along the way and kind of had to figure out on our own. And like you said, just when you see guys, um, you may see them in the locker room, you may see them. You know, just talking like, oh, my coach doesn't like me. Oh, my coach, uh this and the third. Like sometimes it's like a slap in the face because those guys have no idea like the 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 stuff we had to go through. So um before I digress and get off topic, I just wanted to share that. But moving forward, uh moving on to you, Brian. Uh like I said, I wanted to circle back to your injury a little bit more. Uh your injury came so sudden in the fall camp of twenty twenty one. So I wanted to know how was it like – how was it dealing with that news, if you don't mind sharing?
1: um, It was honestly like – it was crazy, honestly. Um, Because, you know, I don't even know if y'all know this, but my brother who played at Arkansas, Riley Williams, he had the same thing that I had to go through. And it happened literally around the same time. Like wow. his junior year, uh, it was during their spring game um, or like their spring game practices. And um, he was just – it was like a normal, I don't even think it was a tackle drill. Um he got hit and he was going through a hole. He plays running he played running back. He was hit going through a hole. He went numb for a second. And this was his second time going through a neck injury. So um they looked into it more. He had to retire for the same for the exact same thing, cervical stenosis. So um when it happened oh, wow. to me, like when it happened to me, the first thing I thought about was my brother. Like I was like, this is probably what he felt. Like when I was laying down there numb, I'm like, yeah. Like, this is like, what are the odds? And, um, you know, x rays. So, so, so
0: when you got hurt, my bad, my bad for, my bad for interrupting, but you said when you were laying down there numb, you, you automatically thought of your brother. Did you kind of already have like, dang, like, is it what I think it is? Like,
1: it's crazy. Like, I, I didn't think that though. Like, I just, I just equated like our feelings of like having something numb on our body, like not really being able to move. Like, that's what I thought about. But I never thought it would be. This because of the same thing that he had you know what I mean like and it's crazy like in the six years I've been playing since he had retired it had never crossed my mind like man I wonder if I need to get an MRI like well I wonder if I need to check and see if I'm you know at risk but you know I played up to that point I had no problems with my neck no problems with stingers or anything so um when it happened I was just like you know I, I was down there for a second I got up I was feeling better uh, walked into the locker room, did an x-ray. They said everything was good. Um, you know, I just – my nerves were, like, stinging. But other than that, like, I felt I felt fine. Like, I thought it would be fine. I thought everything would be good. I'll be able to come back. And, um, like, the last thing I did was an MRI. So, it was, like, kind of a last-second thing. Like, hey, you need to do this just in case. Like, you should be fine, but just in case. And um, I remember – I remember it taking a long time to get the results back. And I was like the whole time I was thinking like, dang, I hope it's not like, I hope it's not something. And then, uh, I remember they sat me down and it was before they even told me I was going to have to retire. They were just like, Hey, we think it might be, um, you know, cervical stenosis. Uh, it might, you might be at risk. Um, but we're going to send it to a few extra people. And I remember as soon as they said that I almost started laughing because I was like, wow, I've heard this before. And, um, yeah, I mean, know. it was, it was, a lot, it was a lot to deal with, but it's like, it felt kind of surreal because I kind of dealt with it already before, you know, like just seeing how my brother dealt with it, seeing what he went through. Like, it was just, it was really a really surreal, like crazy, weird feeling, honestly. Like, I can't even, I couldn't even really put it into words what it was like, because like you said, it was so sudden. Like, it was like the first drive of the scrimmage, like kind of came out of nowhere. Like, and like I said, I never had any problems with that before, so. Um. Yeah, it was it was really it was really something. It was really crazy to deal with, honestly. Like, I
0: and I, I remember just um because I was actually in on the play where you got hurt, and I remember it kind of just the from my opinion, the reaction from the locker room was just kind of like, like, okay, he got hurt, he'll be out, you know, a week or two, but he'll he'll be back. So it kind of went over our heads. Um, initially, when you when you when you came back and you were in the neck brace, because I'm yeah. thinking, oh, he just had a stinger or yeah. something like that. He just, he just got numb. But when when we started seeing you, like, not at practice, not at practice, and I, I think I finally asked like Damani or somebody, like, what happened? They're like, oh, he had to retire. And I was like, damn, like yeah. that's like no. crazy. It's surreal, like you said. And then getting the knowledge that it's the same exact injury that your brother had. That's just like. Like you said, it's it's almost laughable to to an extent, and and I'm I'm i I'm, I'm very glad that you were able to just take us through that. But yeah. uh, moving forward, a question for both of you guys: um, now that you've both hung up the cleats way earlier than you both expected, um, how has life changed? Um, how has making this transition into a new way of life been for the both of you guys?
2: Um, how has life changed? Well, first and foremost, I. Have a free schedule. Um, <laughs> as of <laughs> As of three weeks ago, um, I have no meetings. I have no practice. I have no mandatory anything. I just have school. Um, it almost feels like a a one thousand pound weight has been lifted off my chest. And the only reason I say that is because, like. I know Brian's situation is way different from mine, but I had been dealing with my back for a while. So I when I got, you know, I just recently got my news. When I recently got the news, like, you know, it was already something that I was kind of expecting, you know, with what they were telling me what was wrong with my back. Um, you know, just looking up, you know, a whole bunch of different scenarios and which other athletes have had the same thing. But, um, yeah, like I said, a free schedule and I feel like the, the, the main thing that I have to get, you know, adjusted to it's slow hitting, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, when I got the news, it just like hurt all right there. Like I know as time goes on and I watch, you know, my closest friends, you know, eat, I'm just going to be like, dang, like that's when it's going to start to kick in, but I feel like I just really have to figure out what to do with that free time. Like, I don't want to just have free time, you know, like these first couple of weeks I've kind of been just chilling, you know, like just getting my mind. Right. But like down the road, like I, you know, I, I want to start doing something rather than just like, you know, sit in the house because it's kind of boring. <laughs> um, and also yeah. it will be on me to, you know, stay in shape, which I don't feel like it'll be that Thanks. hard, you know, with my athletic background, but I feel like it's going to really just be up to me.
1: <laughs> Brian? Yeah, honestly, bro, I mean, it's been a year now, so, like, I've kind of been able to adapt to it a little bit, but, um, yeah, like like Ken said, like, so much free time, like, I remember when it first happened, like, I was still – I couldn't even accept it. Like, I was going to meetings still. Like, y'all remember I was at every meeting still. Like, I was still going <laughs> to games and everything. Like, I couldn't – because, like, I couldn't even function with, like, thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't have to do this no more. Like, it felt wrong to not show up. Yeah. And I remember, like, my birthday came, and I missed that game. And I was like, well, I guess I really don't. And I just started – and, like, it was – I don't know, man. It was like, it It still kind of feels weird sometimes. Like, I'll be getting out of school before 3 o'clock, and I'm like, dang, I really ain't got nothing to do. Like, I really need to find something yeah, to do with my group. time. But, uh, yeah, like, I think this summer really helped me. Like, I kind of put a routine in place to, like, go run every day, um, you know, just really, like, focus on, like, doing something with my time, being productive, really, you know, getting my schoolwork done the right way, uh, really focusing on my grades, like really just finding a routine for myself, so that I I do feel like I'm doing something, and I am in the, in I am able to enjoy my free time. Like so, I'm not just like free all the time, and I feel like I haven't did anything. Like really handle the things I need to do in the morning. You know, get stuff done that way. I can, you know, really enjoy you know my time. Really enjoy you know this new chapter of my life. And you know, it's it's taken mm-hmm. a lot of adjustment. Like I said, it's really only been this past summer where I felt like, okay, this is really how this should feel. This is really how this is good for me. So honestly, like it's been, it's been really different, but I finally like able to feel good about the way I've adjusted really feel able to feel good about, you know, where, where I'm moving forward. So,
0: I feel that. And, you know, just, and now um, that kind of leads into my next question. Um, You guys have both taken on, leadership opportunities with student athlete organization, student athlete organizations, such as the blueprint, uh, which I happen to be the president of uh, Brian, you serve as the vice president in Kenyon, You now serve as a selected team representative for the football team. Um, can you guys just talk about why it was so important for the, both of you to dive into things outside of football?
1: Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, even when I was in football, it's always been important for me to, you know, get involved, do things outside of my sport, uh, that's always something that's been instilled in me, uh, you know, from my parents all my life is, you know, not to be one dimensional, always have something outside of football and, um, you know, blueprint is something I'm really passionate about. Honestly, I, I love our mission, uh, you know, black leaders who undertake excellence, uh, you know, it's, it's really meaningful to me. Uh, I really love the work that we do. I really love the events that we put on and, you know, all the different topics that we tackle in our events and, um, you know, it's always been important for me to be involved in something like that. And I'm proud. I'm very, very proud to be involved in something like that. And, you know, just being retired, having more time to do it, uh, you know, serving as vice president now, like it's something I really enjoy. something I really look forward to. Um, you know, every meeting we have, whether it's the exact meeting, where it's all our you know big meetings every month. Like it's really something I look forward to, something I enjoy. And, you know, uh, I, I just can't wait to see.
2: Where the future takes, where the future takes is as far as that involves. You know, I had a, I had a um, coach that always told me, you know, that, you know, you don't need to just have a plan A. You need to have a plan B, C, D, E. You know, however many plans. You can't just stick with one plan. And you know, um, unfortunately, my plan A is out the window. So now I just find myself really just trying to get outside of this this football box that i've been inside of for for 16 plus years there's so much there's so much that us athletes you know don't even get to see because all of our time is is spent on you know practice film working out you know all types of rehab all types of stuff so um yeah, I feel like even with the blueprint that that's just a a great opportunity, you know, for me to just put my name out there and interact with other black student athletes and attend different events and you know just like I said just it, not even not even explore just, just just get just get outside that box because right. It's 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 just it's so hard to explain, like being an athlete, you don't get to, you know, you don't get to go to really any parties, you know, of course there's some athletes who really, you know, do their thing, but really you don't have, you really don't have time for that. If you want to be the best athlete, you know, you can potentially be, you don't really have time for that. And when I really say that all of your time is, is spent on, the same thing over and over and over and over again. Like there's, there's time where, you know, I forget the day. Like, I don't even know what day it is. I just know it's another day, you know, get up, do the same thing I did yesterday. So yeah, it's, um, I feel like it's just opportunity to get my name out, you know, and learn about new things.
0: That's definitely, for sure, man, for sure. And I'm just proud of you guys, for both of you guys, for just, you know, like you said, um, just diving into other things and having those lessons, KJ, that you learned from your coach and Brian, what has just been instilled from you just growing up, and applying those to where you guys are now in life. I commend you guys both on, you know, just taking those next step in your in your development as just as a human being. So, um, wrapping up with our last question, um, what advice can you guys offer to an athlete that has had to or is going to medically retire? Um,
1: my best advice, honestly, um, find something that you're passionate about, honestly, um, really, you know, try to find something that you're passionate about, something that you can now spend that time to, because you're going to have a lot more free time. You're going to have a lot more flexibility in the things that you're allowed to do and the the places you're allowed to go and the things you're allowed to attend. So really just try to, you know, find your passion and really, you know, um, really find your circle. Like I think, another part about you know since i've medically retired is like i found a really good circle of people like i consider you chase you can uh, you know all the guys in our group chat like i consider y'all like really my brothers and i really you know appreciate like who y'all are like and you know the bond that we have like it really has made a difference in my transition away from football like it could have been i could have been isolated like i could have Stop playing and y'all were like, well, he don't play no more. Like, we'll see him when we see him. But, like, you know, the fact that y'all, like, always been around, have always been there, you know, no matter what the situation may be, like, I really do appreciate y'all for that. So I think, you know, for me, those were, like, two things that really, that really, you know, helped me a lot was just finding something I'm passionate about, really diving into engineering and the possibilities with that and really diving into blueprint and, you know, really just, you know, really being able to build my circle, have a great friend group, you know, really having my family there that's always there to support me. So those are things that, you know, have really, really, really truly helped me as a, as I've went in this transition.
0: KJ,
2: And I would have to agree um, strongly on what Brian just said, especially as far as finding your circle. Um, and I can easily say this, um, the, however many, the 150, to however many people on your roster, all of them are not your friends. They're your teammates. And correct. You start to see when you step away from the game of football, you know, even with me only being away for, you know, two the two weeks I have been away from the game, but I start to see, um, you know there are certain people who still text me and check on me and you know there are others who don't and you know that's just something that you have to really um that's something you really just have to pay attention to and something that you would have to pick out and also um as far as like anybody anybody who's listening that is currently you know going through any type of ongoing injury you know long-term injury i'm not talking about like a little ankle sprain you know like something something long term don't be a robot and when when i say that i mean like nobody knows what your body feels like except for you and you know you're gonna deal with all types of trainers who are gonna tell you you can go you can go you can do this you can do that. Um, whereas in my situation, I was practicing on something I shouldn't have been practicing on for two years that I found about my last year. All right. So, you know, and I, I I can I can honestly admit to you know being a robot, I guess, because all I wanted to do was get on the field, you know, bodies were dropping, bodies were dropping, you know, there was a point where Chase wasn't even playing, you know, all of our receivers weren't playing, and shoot, I was the last one, and you know, I wasn't on, you know, on my back, so I just, you know, toughened it up, and, but doing something like that can actually hurt you in the long run, and that wasn't something that I found out until recently so yeah don't um don't let anybody tell you how your body is feeling um don't let anybody try to push you to i mean you know if you can play through any types of pain. we've been athletes, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of us this isn't our first time picking up a football or whatever it is, so like I said, you know your body more than anybody else that's on this earth, so feel so like you just 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 trust your gut and. You know what I'm saying. A lot of people, um, a lot of people, aren't able to, you know, walk away from the game of football, with it being, you know, so, so, so much contact, so brutal, just so much, you know, impact, twenty four seven. A lot of people, it takes yeah. them leaving on that stretcher, or you know, going through something. Tragic, just for them to be like, okay, well, you, you know, maybe it is my time, and I'm just glad in my situation, it didn't take me, you know, getting paralyzed for me to, okay, maybe it's time for me to put, put hang the cleats up. Like, I, I can honestly say that I'm glad yeah. that I walked away from the game, and, you know, the game didn't like kind of take me. If that makes sense.
0: Oof, man. Well, I, I appreciate you guys, man. We. We for sure got deep on here and I'm really, really excited for um, our listeners to be able to tune in for this, this special edition uh, of the, of the pod. Um, Man, I just want to always collect to, you know, just give flowers where I feel like flowers are due. But I just want to let y'all know that I'm, you know, just proud of y'all, man, of just seeing how you guys have grown since we've, since we've gotten here back in from the, in the summer of 2019, and how we have shaped into to better young men, all three of us. And, um, I'm really just excited to see what all three of us have, but especially you guys, y'all too, you know, just having to deal with, with, with the stuff you guys have to deal with. Um, not everybody goes through those, um, those experiences. So I was really, um, grateful and I was really blessed. And, um, our listeners are blessed, um, to hear y'all stories, man. Um, I just want to, you know, just push y'all. Y'all are almost finishing up with the, with your school, man, go get those degrees, I know I got degrees on the way, so um, getting that degree will be a better feeling than scoring any touchdown, KJ, or um, catching any inter- interception or, or any sack, man. So I just urge y'all, man, to just, you know, finish strong with whatever y'all doing. And um, uh, the floor is y'all's if y'all want to uh, say any last words. You got proud of you? you
2: too,
0: bro.
1: We just <laughs> trying to catch up man. you, man. You, you already got some degree. <laughs> we trying to get... Just trying to get like that. That's yeah, I'm
2: man, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get like you, man. What's the secret? <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the secret? <laughs> well, this has been another um, excellent, fantastic episode of the Pot of Aggie Thank you guys for listen- listening once again, and we are all out. Peace.